Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of back-row.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema, where you can find such podcasts as the one you're listening to right now in the feed, but you can also find stuff like Carlo talking, uh, doing an interview yeah, um, totally. with a Hong Kong and Taiwan cinema expert, yeah. correct? With uh, Jessica Young, she's a scholar and just in general expert on Hong Kong and Taiwan cinema. And we had a really nice talk uh, about all things. It it's both an introductory um, talk, but also like she's coming at it from a very different point of view than I am. Like um, she's a Hong Kong native, so she grew up with a lot of movies. So her recommendations yeah. will will differ a lot because she's not necessarily an action or horror fan uh whereas i am i'm like way more into genre stuff so it's interesting i feel to if you're just uh, a beginner don't know a lot about hong kong taiwan cinema but also to people who do know a lot uh i feel like there's definitely some deep cuts there so check that out so check it out backdashrow.com you'll find more episodes of notes from the back row there and you'll also find some more cream of the crud episodes and uh last days of dvd disco episode where we talked about uh movie rentals with bart of bart and greg's dvd explosion so just go to backdashrow.com hmm. there's stuff there for you bart 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 <laughs> And there's stuff here for you in the cream of the crud, uh, Carlo and I's corner of the podcast feed where we talk about what we've been watching, any news or notable physical releases, movies we've been screening with the crud buddies and more. It's a potpourri of podcasting for the cinematically deranged. So welcome. As I mentioned, uh, Mm. Carlo and I, we do crud buddies Carlo does a lot of the the work in putting together <laughs> these screenings, but we screen movies yeah. on the weekends, on Sundays, in the morning. Mm. We we like to take this part of the podcast to just maybe mention something that we've watched recently. Mm. And the the most recent one at this recording was 1984's Surf 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We watched Surf 2. The end of the trilogy. <laughs> the end and the start of the trilogy, yeah. actually. <laughs> it was on our YouTube for a while, but now that the Vinegar Syndrome releases out, we took that off. Uh, yeah, we took it down because, you know, like support Vinegar Syndrome. Get the yeah. Blu-ray, the Blu-ray. Get the Blu-ray. And yeah, the, the VHS version that we had uploaded was weird. It had like a crawl, opening crawl, and the, mm. the, the scenes were kind of like in different order. Yeah, so. yeah interesting uh movie i think um i the movie confuses me a little bit because it it is a (laughs) a a wacky comedy (laughs) yeah it's it's sure is zany uh but 
the whole Surf Two thing, it being a sequel to like a movie that doesn't exist, yeah. and the yeah. the tagline being the end of the trilogy, and mm. the joke is that Surf Two can't be the end of the trilogy because it's the second movie, yeah. et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought maybe that was gonna play into the movie more mm. like it like it is just kind of like we're gonna name it a wacky way so you know it's a whack a wackadoo yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's more in the title than in the movie like i can sort of imagine what the movie would have been that came before this because the eddie <laughs> Deason's character sort of has a backstory why he's doing what he's doing so i can sort of imagine that first movie but yeah. also just on its own it, it works all the same so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought it was, I, I thought it was a solid three star. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> yeah, I had a three it, it stars has, as well. Uh, you know, it has some really funny parts. Yeah, yeah, and Eddie Deason wears a lot of hats. So yeah, some <laughs> big ones. Apparently, all his own hats as well, like <laughs> his own wardrobe. So amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the movie, uh, I like, like I said, my, and, uh, I didn't have much of a letterbox review, but I just said, uh, I like the idea of the movie, uh, like the concept, and I like that Eddie Deason wears a lot of hats, and there's some, like, ambitious stuff they're doing visually as well, with, like, the split uh, screen uh, kitchen scene. With that the, stuff is wild. Yeah, with the two families basically doing the same thing at the same time. That, that was uh, interesting. Don't you really see that a lot in a low budget no. kind of, you know, this this director even, I don't think he's ever done anything other than this. Like, where did no. he come from? I'm yeah. sure there's like a ton of info on the, on the Surf 2 Blu-ray, but yeah, I, I don't have that, so I can't check. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, check out Surf 2 if you're looking for a wacky comedy. Mm. It's on Vinegar Syndrome. You should definitely purchase it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a satirical, wacky, evil soda, surfing, yeah. mutant, zombie, good time. What's, what's <laughs> up with the Buzz Cola thing? I always thought that was a Simpsons thing, but Surf 2 predates the Simpsons by, yeah. I don't know, at least 10 years. Mm -hmm. So did the... I know, like, the Simpsons writers room, they're all, like, huge movie nerds. There's so many um, references to movies in that show yeah. that you don't even know about. Like, not, not mm -hmm. even obvious ones. But maybe they saw Surf 2. Like, one of them saw Surf 2, and that's where Buzz Cola came from? Or is it just a coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it might... I feel like it must be a coincidence, mm. but I feel like you also never know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not as... It's just it's it is a specific name, but yeah. maybe not necessarily the most original name for a fizzy drink. So, yeah, it could go either exactly. way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, Surf Two, nineteen eighty four, mm. directed by Randall M. Badat, and has an amazing soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. It has. It's like a ton of oingo boingo, or a ton like you said it was just two songs but they reuse them a couple of times so it feels like I think there's so. a lot of oingo boingo on the soundtrack yeah. Yeah. yeah but like lots of beach boys yeah. circle yeah. jerks stray cats talk talk like I'm, like yeah, a big big soundtrack yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, go to credbuddies.club if you'd like to stay on top of what we are screening mm -hmm. uh, coming up in July you can see Jeffrey Combs and William Forsyth and Hammerhead <laughs> aka from Sharkman <laughs> yeah aka Sharkman hmm. um, and stuff like CIA codename Alexa from 1992 hmm. things like that yeah exactly <laughs> check the site uh 
check the Discord. Come join the Discord. Yes. There's a link to the Discord on the site. So it's all yep. pretty straightforward. We don't have totally. a complicated website. It's all it's all just <laughs> it's there. One, so, yeah, one page. <laughs> yeah, bingo. <laughs> and so usually we also talk about some new and notable news. Hmm. Today, the only new and notable news that I wanted to bring up is is um, a name that we've brought up on the show before in the past, Justin DeClue. Yeah. Um, don't stop this podcast episode, but when you're done listening to, to this episode, go listen to Important Cinema Club because oh, yes. Justin uh, interviewed Steve Wang. Yeah, legend. Who directed, Steve Wang. Yeah, directed Drive, 1997, mm. Giver, Dark Hero, Kung Fu Rascals, mm. The Giver, um, did effects, uh, worked on various like so levels of effects for yeah. Predator. Yeah. Arena, Space Invaders, Gremlins 2, Devil's Advocate, Idle Hands. Like, you go look at the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. different crew the, positions they've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy is a legend, absolutely. Yeah. If you know, like, into practical effects and action cinema, it's also someone, it will become apparent if you listen to the interview, who was a huge fan of, like, Hong Kong cinema. And that's why, for example, Drive is such a great action movie, even though it's American. Like, I'm not yeah. saying American action movies can't be good, but it, it has that Hong Kong energy. Uh, mm. And that's because, like, Steve Wang, he got it. And uh, the people who he worked with as well, like Koichi Sakamoto's um, uh, stunt team and everything, those people are, like, on top of the game. So, yeah. Very cool interview. Yeah, that's such a big get. I was so excited when he posted that. I, I listened to it like right away. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, Steve Wang interview. Hell yes. Because <laughs> like Kung Fu Rascals is one of the movies we screened like very early on. Very early Crud Buddies. Like yeah. maybe we were like fifth screening. Uh, I found this movie, Kung Fu uh, Rascals, because I was looking at, okay, this guy who made Drive, what else has he done? Yeah, what, what's yeah. this Kung Fu Rascals thing? And it was like super, <laughs> it's still super obscure. It's, uh, it is on YouTube. And uh, so you can check it out there. There's some, yeah. it, it's a movie that doesn't entirely work, but there's a lot of enthusiasm. Like Steve Wang talks about uh, um, Kung Fu Rascals in the interview as well, that, that it was hell to make. Um, <laughs> but there's so much ambitious stuff in that as well. Like at the end with the, uh, the effects with like these giant stone golems and the forced perspective trickery mm. he's using there. Um, such a talented guy. It also feels like after The Giver in 1991, mm. Kung Fu Rascals almost feels like one of those movies that isn't like a reaction, but is a kind of like <laughs> The Giver is sort of a really out there uh, movie and Kung Fu Rascals is kind of like, I'm going to go over here maybe now and do another out there thing. But that's maybe more like not personal, but just like a cool, fun, weird, passiony thing. Whereas The Giver feels very much to me like a movie that's like, not that it's not a passion project. I mean, project, it's a studio but, movie. But yeah, it's a, it feels like a studio movie with people of out of control. Yeah, he, sa <laughs> he, he says as well in the interview that because at the time uh, they were making The Giver, the first one, him and uh, Screaming Mad George. Yeah, Screaming and, Mad George. Uh, Turtles came out, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, and it was yeah. such a hit that the studio was like, no, we need to make this funny. And Steve Wang was just like, oh, my fucking God, what are they yeah. doing? You could tell when you watch that movie. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. there's rapping, you know. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> rapping monsters What does it say? That jiving, giving thing? Giving thing. <laughs> now, I appreciate, like, stupidness in movies. Yeah. But, yeah, I can see that this just <laughs> ended up frustrating Steve Wang. 
when I was a kid, I got the guy on VHS, mm. and I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it growing up, but I, I, I think I watched it because we were talking about it, maybe. And I was like, yeah, everyone says this movie is shit, but mm, yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I feel like you convinced me to give it a shot, and I watched yeah. it. I'm like, <laughs> this movie is definitely not great, but the no. monsters are amazing, and the stupid yeah. shit that they do is entertaining to me, too. A degree so i didn't i didn't yeah. mind watching it i picked it for like a movie night a, like a number of years mm -hmm. back and, and people were very split on it being you know what the hell I is this yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and i have a soft spot for it because i liked it as a kid but i also when mm -hmm. i have revisited it have been like what yeah it's such a <laughs> it's one of those movies where you can really look at it and see what the movie that they wanted to make yeah, and yeah, see yeah. the movie the studio wanted to make and then you see it where it like butts up against each other and it is not oh, working yeah. together <laughs> yeah yeah big time yeah i yeah. wonder about that movie if you just like cut it down uh if it might be better just lose mm -hmm. some shit just to make it like really even if it <laughs> dips like under an hour if, if that's what nece what's necessary to make <laughs> it uh a, a, a more digestible watch i don't know you know yeah <laughs> now i when i was younger and i loved the guyver hmm. i remember finding out that there was a guyver dark hero yeah. and that it was rated r mm -hmm. and that it was I, I somehow had heard or read on the internet or something that it was like a much more serious mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And so when I rented it, you know, my memory of Guyver Dark Hero is that it was too long, <laughs> but that it ruled. Okay. <laughs> and my also, now also I was looking it up recently because Justin was posting about like, we all need to agree that this is like a, a, a cool movie. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and in my head, I was like, totally. I remember that movie being great. Yeah. And then I went on Letterboxd and you were like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you might revisit it someday and, and look, try and see if it there's, you know, because it was an older review and everybody's tastes changed. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, no, it's true. I'm definitely like planning to go back to it. I'm like, uh, I don't know, because Justin's like championing it now so much. And I love Steve Wang. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I remember like a couple of years ago, it was like sort of what we still do. I, I don't really partake in it much anymore, but the crud challenges where we make each other sort of watch movies out of um, our watch lists. I was doing that on, in a Facebook group uh, for another podcast and I got assigned Guyver Dark Hero. So it may, might have been like the whole like oh, you have to watch this movie now thing. And I yeah. just wasn't <laughs> vibing with it. And maybe the quality of the version I watched wasn't great. But I, yeah. I do definitely remember like it being kind of a slog. And it's long. It's like two hours. It is two You're hours. Like, mm. No no movie, no B movie. <laughs> definitely no B movie needs to be two hours unless it's like nonstop <laughs> stuff happening. But even then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I also just remember it being a pretty dark movie. Which which is always a bummer for me. Like I I don't like movies where I can't see what's happening at all times, especially action <laughs> movies. That I need, I need to see everything. Just let it happen in broad daylight. But yeah, I, I remember not being too excited about it. But it's like you say, it's been a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a proper like HD uh, copy now, so I do plan to go back to it and and see. Like if I go back to it now. And I still don't like it, and I'm just gonna leave it at that, I think. And just like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll be able to tell like half an hour in, like, okay, I was wrong, or I'm just 
maybe not gonna finish this and yeah, and yeah. stick to you know letting other people enjoy it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, Giver, Dark Hero. Mm. It's too dark in here. Turn on a light, Giver. <laughs> too dark and lo- lo- and only one hero. <laughs> yeah, too dark, hero. <laughs> <laughs> no money down. Yeah. <laughs> so check out Important Cinema Club. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the interview is gold. Steve Wang. Yeah. Mm. So. That was my news. Good news. Let's let's get into some physical media corner. Okay. Uh, where we can talk about uh, some notes that I've made about announcements of Blu-rays and physical releases. Sweet. So I made a note here that was at the time of this note, it said "company to be announced." <laughs> okay. And I haven't followed up on this, so if it's old news, you know, and the, and somebody has announced it, mm. let us know comment or email us or whatever back rose in a blog at gmail.com <laughs> but what is it what is it <laughs> so william sandell confirms that a blu-ray is currently in the works for dan Aykroyd's nothing but trouble <laughs> oh i think i saw something about that yeah but i can't really remember or... there's gonna be an interview with william sandell there's gonna be uh dan Aykroyd is gonna be involved there's gonna be a making of featurette oh my gosh. now if you've never seen Nothing But Trouble from 1991... Oh, I have. You, you bet I have. <laughs> for the listeners, it is a, a it is, pure it is, example of cocaine filmmaking. Yeah, I was just about to say, it is Dan Aykroyd's cocaine nightmare fever yeah. product. It's, it's like Dan Aykroyd got really high on cocaine <laughs> and said, I want to do Ghostbusters again, and I want to do it like... And I also want to do something maybe a little bit like Beetlejuice. And I yeah, like yeah, I want yeah, to do yeah, this yeah. thing that is a <laughs> mainstream comedy that is very dark. And, you know, mm. th- there's almost even a little bit of like Clifford in there with that like kind of twisted sort of like uh, roller coaster at the end of both movies. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where you go... Like, what is this going for? (laughs) Yeah, so many different things are coming into this. I don't know what you thought the output was going to be. Yeah, it's just, it it is chaos. It is absolutely chaotic energy, that movie. I remember uh, renting it as a kid and watching it. And it was like before I got into horror movies and stuff. And I remember uh, at the beginning, there's like... um, a couple who goes on that roller coaster thing with Chevy Chase and Demi Moore. I, re- mm. I don't for, uh, remember who the other actors are. It's been too long. Is Jimmy Smith in that movie? I feel like it was maybe Jimmy Smith. Um, but, but yeah, they go on that roller coaster and they end up getting like eaten up by the roller coaster and their bones get spit out. I remember that making like a really big impression on me as a kid. I was like kind <laughs> of shocked, like, oh my God, this is so dark and are those people really dead like that was the age i was at i might have been like i don't know i want to say like is that movie from 93 or something i might have yeah, been yeah 1991 1991 okay I, I i was probably like nine ish <laughs> eight or nine ish yeah yeah i wasn't ready for <laughs> nothing but trouble but it's it's always just stuck in my mind it is kind of an unforgettable movie and I'm, I'm not gonna say whether it's good or bad, like no, find out for yourself, but it's, yeah, it sticks with you. It's you bad. It I not. feel like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. It's bad. I, I think it's bad, but I think it is one of those movies where you, you can't deny mm. that it is something outside 
of oh, yeah. expectations. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, it was like, it feels like Dan Aykroyd doing like um, Beetlejuice by way of Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> yeah. Yeah. by way of, sure. yeah, like Ghost, but like they're trying to do a high concept thing, but dark comedy. And it does feel kind of like you mentioned, there's an element of, or a couple that's going out of town or something, mm -hmm. they're yuppies. There's a yeah. bit, there's kind of like a yuppies in trouble kind of thing going on <laughs> sure, too. Sure, And then, and then Tupac, Tupac is in that movie as well. And Dan Aykroyd's and, no, yeah. nose is a penis. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So that's coming out on Blu-ray then. Yeah, that's, that's I guess so. good, good for cinema, cinema lovers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so some other notes that I made, um, I wanted to make uh, mention that Umbrella Entertainment is putting out Malcolm from 1986, uh, which is... Oh, oh, yeah. That's an Australian company as well, isn't it? Umbrella yeah. Entertainment. Oh, okay. Well, Malcolm is an Australian movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what, like, I was like, Umbrella, I, I know that name. And then you mentioned Malcolm, and I know that's a movie you like. And I was like, wait, that's Australian, isn't it? And then the, the dots got connected. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Malcolm 1986 is um, directed by Nadia Tass, and they did some other movies like uh, The Big Steel and this movie called Pure Luck from 1991. The Martin with Short Martin one. Short, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a flop, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Not, not. Um, I watched it recently after I watched Malcolm, okay. and, and Pure Luck has things going for it. Okay. It's not terrible. Okay. Yeah. But... Yeah, Malcolm is this movie I found out from a friend of mine, Matt Price, uh, is a big, big fan of Malcolm. And yeah, it's about this like shy guy who's a mechanical genius and he's been fired because he, he's been fired from like the the like company that runs all the trams, like the streetcars, because mm. he built his own to like ride on the tracks and stuff. And he's just kind of sad and he meets this guy who just got out of jail and ends up like I think he, they, he ends up like living with him and 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 his like girlfriend who are kind of con artists mm -hmm. and he starts like building these things like he builds this car that will like split into two that, so that <laughs> they that can on like the cover I feel like yeah like a car thing on the cover going on I remember yeah there's a cover with the car getting split in okay. half and it's like like two motorcycles <laughs> that turn into a car so that they can like get away while they do this heist. <laughs> And it's this kind of sad, um, but funny sort of dramedy. And hmm. yeah, it, it's really, really good. And there's these moments of really like um, creative sort of mechanical set pieces that are really like entertaining and fun. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So I, I definitely think that when this comes out, more people should check it out because it's really cool. It's um, it's cool that it's coming out in Blu-ray because I I remember you watching this and we're like, man, this is a deep cut. Well, where is he coming from with this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not based on uh, like <laughs> pure luck. I, I was mm -hmm. just thinking as well, like that director, uh, what's her name, Nadia Tass. After pure luck, was that like end of career kind of thing? Because it feels like it would be. I don't think so. I think it was one no? of those. Okay. I think it was one of those things where, uh, let's see. Like try a Hollywood movie and it becomes this like lukewarm thing that no one remembers, you know? It's definitely one of those things where after that, I don't think they did anything as like sort of big mainstream, yeah, but yeah, they've yeah. got like 10 or 12 other oh, okay, movies. Okay. There's a Disney movie a couple years after that. Oh, okay, good. So like there seems to be some kind of like television stuff mm -hmm. and some kind of like 
smaller budget things. But yeah, I kept working for, you know, last movie was from t- this year, 2021. Oh, okay. So. okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it happens a lot. Like, uh, I, I assume she's Australian as well. Like, you mm. come to Hollywood and you make a movie and it doesn't work out. And suddenly <laughs> yeah. you're like blacklisted or whatever. Uh, it happens. <laughs> Totally. Malcolm 1986, Umbrella Entertainment. Keep an eye out for it with your region freeze, I believe. (laughs) And uh, we can't get away from an episode of the Physical Media Corner without talking about something like this. And Mill Creek Entertainment coming to DVD, (laughs) Ultraman 80 Complete Series and Ultraman uh, 79 to 80 Complete Series. Oh, nice, nice. So that's cool. you got to talk about uh, at least some kind of... (laughs) Yeah, like Tokusatsu Ultraman or or Gamera kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. We got it. (laughs) I think Mill Creek Entertainment is a little undervalued. Mm. I know that their releases can be... Um, like, so I have some of the Mill Creek, like 50 packs. Oh yeah. Those, those are, yeah. those are always like not the best prints, but <laughs> okay. I, I do also think like they put, they put out interesting stuff mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So. I definitely don't have any Mill Creek release, I feel, but if it's like they do DVDs and Blu-rays as well or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if they always put it out on DVD as well, then that's not an issue for me because like any DVD players, yeah, you, you can set it region three it's no issue uh, i have one as well yeah mill, mill creek entertainment they're kind of a wild card mm. um but i do like the when you scroll i'm on their website looking at the stuff that they release mm. and it in, they go from like ultraman Gridman, <laughs> bunch of these different things and then but other man but they'll also have like um Bible john man. ritter blake edwards is skin deep okay or like uh, Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland, Cowboy Way. <laughs> like these, like I've nobody's releasing, nobody's releasing Cowboy no, Way. No, uh, you no, know, except no for Mill Creek. waiting for the Cowboy Way. <laughs> but you know what? Like <laughs> five years ago, hmm. somehow that movie got on my radar, and it was one of those like, <laughs> really? this isn't easy to see, and so now I have to see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I couldn't rent it digitally. There was no. There was maybe like a DVD somewhere on the internet, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like it was kind of like well now i have to see this like thank you mill creek i could have oh. if i if that happened to me today i could go buy the blu-ray nice. if i wanted it yeah, so so th- did you watch it at that time i did end up seeing it yeah i think i got a vhs of it do you remember it yeah not really i remember it being <laughs> just okay yeah yeah that's, that's just like one of those movies i saw when i had like basically the bells in the equivalent to cable or like this yeah. this like hbo thing where you could just watch movies the entire day and and new releases would pop up and i would watch literally everything so i what we watched like the cowboy <laughs> way uh marl Boroman and the harley davidson whatever uh, <laughs> just movies i have no recollection of now other than yeah i've seen it <laughs> i know i've seen it but other than that don't ask <laughs> Yeah, well, mm. I you know, cheers to you, Mill Creek, for putting out the movies that other people don't remember. <laughs> for sure. But some of us do. Sure, yeah. it's no, Nothing's worse than not being able to find a movie. So I know. kudos. All right, well, and let's get into our crud corner crud! where we talk about just any old thing, whatever mm. we've want, whatever we've been watching, the things that, are, that we've seen recently that are... Uh, you know have have been interesting or disappointing mm. or or weird or whatever yeah let's let's get cruddy with it 
What do you want to talk about? So this is a Carlo pick, kind of. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. You got this movie on my radar. Okay. And Ooh, I'm curious now. You you used a trailer for the 1982 film The Junk Man. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. True. In the pre-show for. In uh, our pre-show. Yeah, yeah, for Surf Two, I think actually. Yeah. yeah. And that trailer was great, and yeah. the movie's <laughs> called The Junk Man, which is great too. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was like, I gotta watch this, and so I went into the junk man 1982 pretty much blind except for mm. the trailer yeah and i do think in the trailer it says uh from the creators of gone in 60 seconds yeah, 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 yeah. you know the thriller of the 70s comes the thriller of the 80s or something mm -hmm. um but even though i know gone in 60 seconds i didn't really know much about henry haliki hmm. the uh the director and yeah, star yeah. of yeah. these movies and so it was really interesting to watch The Junk Man because um, if you don't know, Henry or H.B. Haliki, mm. might be saying the name wrong, but um, Gone in 60 Seconds is like, you know, it was remade. It's this huge crash em up that they had. The, the big push for that movie was a lot of like, you'll, you'll never believe how many cars that we wrecked <laughs> making this movie. Yeah. I remember looking at that VHS and it said like, you'll see over 100 cars or whatever. Uh -huh. Cars blown so, up. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I always knew it as like a popular movie that got remade and stuff, but mm -hmm. I didn't Same. know it was like, you know, kind of the, this guy had like a passion project, sort of, mm -hmm. you know, loved cars, loved crashing things, <laughs> loved, loved playing with his toys. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what the junk man is about. Um, it, it's, it's about him playing kind of himself making a movie and in the movie that directing these stunt scenes but then somebody decides that they're going to assassinate him because they don't want his movie to come out or something and so oh, it just okay. turns so into it's this a movie about making movies sort of yeah cool. um and and it, a weird wrinkle to it is hmm. in the junk man they shoot a big scene in um like an aqueduct where they're driving it up yeah. and around and stuff and then they used that footage again in the movie deadline auto theft which is basically just stuff from the junk man okay. and recycled yeah yeah and uh, gone in 60 seconds oh, okay <laughs> so it's weird it's like the the movie they were making in this turned into a real movie kind mm -hmm. of yeah um but it is just a bunch of like stunts yeah. strung together and it's a lot of fun okay uh, <laughs> it, there there's some really crazy ass stunts in this movie and i had a lot of fun watching it nice yeah, yeah. so if you are like so it's from 82 mm -hmm. um it's not too uh like it doesn't drag too much mm -hmm. you know if you are looking for something that has a lot of practical um stunts and and car crashes and stuff um the junk man it's it's 96 minutes it get kind of moves and there's there's always a few stunts around there's a big blimp stunt stuff at the end with yeah. a good year blimp yeah definitely cool. worth checking out 1982 nice. the, the junk man if you haven't seen it if you i kind of got in a mood that day where i was watching action <laughs> movies and so it really it really fit the bill for yeah, me yeah, yeah cool yeah yeah, it's 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 weird that they remade it into this big like Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie action Oh, Gone movie. in 60 Seconds, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's a weird pick. Like I haven't seen the original, but just like based on the information I'm getting here because I haven't seen any of that guy's movies, but based on the kind of creator he is and what he was into and to turn that into like was the original Gone in 60 Seconds that much of a hit that people were still like, "Hey, yeah, let's let's remake this." 
people love this i think it was a pretty big movie mm, okay i think it might have been one of those kind of like sleeper hits yeah, yeah, yeah you know because it it was let me see who what like the companies made it and stuff because i feel like it mm-hmm. must have been um well the budget was one hundred and fifty thousand, but but it did make a lot of money it looks like okay cool yeah mm. <laughs> yeah that's that's the reason i put trailers in the pre-show of stuff we haven't seen yet and that seems i I don't know why it was on my radar or how it popped up um like i sometimes spend a couple hours and just like looking for stuff that might be interesting uh to screen or like just for myself and sometimes i'm like i come across something i'm like this this seems like a good group watch movie and i put the trailer in um we might not get to it but then you watch it and that's that creates awareness on its own as well so that's Cool. Uh, I just confirmed Gone in 60 Seconds 1974 mm. budget of 150 million made 40 million. Oh. So Wait, the original or the new the new The one? original. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. You just had the budget of 150 million. Sorry, a budget of 150,000 okay. okay. made 40 million. Okay. Well, that's that's nuts. That's crazy. That's nuts. The, <laughs> the other thing you said was nuts as well, but this is like even yeah. more nuts. Good for them, man. Man. <laughs> I'll edit it. <laughs> It'll sound like I said it right the first time. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare edit this podcast. <laughs> so, what have you been watching? Mm. Uh, I have a couple of follow-ups. Like, I, I don't want to get into a whole spiel about like uh, Noboru Yaguchi movies, but I have them <laughs> way more. Oh my god! Yeah, I've been watching so much of his junk. Like, I've he's already my most watched director of 2021. I've seen like okay, like two of them were shorts, but I've seen like six feature films in the last two oh weeks. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I, I just apparently I can't get enough. Like, maybe I maybe I've lost my mind my mind here, but that's. Yeah, that's my reality now. <laughs> no. But yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I've just been in the mood for like trashy stuff. And the way I get usually when it be- becomes like September, October, and it's like uh, start of spooky season, like usually every year around October, I just want to slip in some full moon or trauma movies as well. Uh, while I catch up on some more ob- obscure or like horror classics I've missed. Yeah, and I, I happen to be in that kind of mood now, and it's like really uh, scratching an itch because I've, I said in my uh, so so some of the movies I've watched were Robo Geisha, uh, mm-hmm. Machine Girl, which is like his most famous movie, uh, and Mutant Girl Squad. So I said in my okay. m- my review of Mutant Girl Squad that uh, again, like I have watched so many Full Moon movies, and so many of them I've watched purely based on a cover or a premise and then obviously most of them they don't deliver (laughs) yeah but i'm like fine whatever i'm watching trash it doesn't have to be perfect (laughs) but now i'm watching these movies and they do exactly what they promise yeah and they do more and they do it so non-stop and over the top and it's all yeah they're very generous movies if you can stomach them (laughs) If you can stomach them and if you're in the right mood, they're very generous because it's just nonstop lunacy and over the top high concept shit done on a budget. Uh, okay, some of them have a higher budget, but then he uses like shitty CG. And I don't know, I'm at a point where I don't care if it's, it, I would rather have shitty CG than the kind where it looks too glossy and real ish. Yeah. 
I don't know. I I know what you mean, yeah. and and the whole CGI thing has been funny because sometimes you'll see things on Letterbox where it's like, oh, this thing is all CGI now, and yeah. I like this monster was CGI. Ergo, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. And and I definitely used to think that way when oh, yeah, i was younger same, same i used to think that way more when i had more of a like a niche for practical effects and i still yeah. like nothing beats practical effects no absolutely but that's the thing with Noboru Yaguchi movies they have practical f- effects also yeah. it's always a mix so yeah if you can just think... get over yourself and don't really <laughs> care that there's like shitty cg in there or yeah sort of appreciate it on its own terms uh I think my take on it now is as long as I'm not supposed to be legitimately scared by it. Like <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah, you see yeah, a movie yeah. where it's like a horror movie and it's really scary and, and then they reveal <laughs> something and it's and it's really dated and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's different. But as long that's the only time where I feel like I would be disappointed because now if I watch something and it's like I, I watched this uh, TV movie called Monster from 1999, mm. which is made by john lafia the guy who made oh, yeah, john uh, child's play too uh, uh, uh. Uh, and, and like at the end of the movie it's like this really cheesy tv movie and at the end of mm-hmm. it the monster is a huge cgi thing mm-hmm. but like the movie's about cheesy monster movies but there was still like reviews on letterboxd like oh this fucking cgi monster and i was like <laughs> it's supposed to be silly like who cares yeah I, yeah remember when we watched despiser yeah I mean, that's such a glorious example that's of why so good. why you just have to open your heart to CGI and mm-hmm. just even if it's shitty. I mean, that's that's that movie is such a passion project as well. I don't know. I have yeah. nothing but admiration for Despiser and uh, what the director did there and what he managed to accomplish just like, again, on a budget. But yeah. the thing with these Noboru Iguchi movies as well is that, honestly, they make me laugh. Like, there's like... <laughs> three or four moments so far in, in most of them where I like laughed out loud and I was like, this is so stupid, but it hit me in the right way. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, these are, these are comedies. These are just meant to be comedies. Cause yeah. you look at the covers and they're so like, they don't sell the movies. I feel you look at the cover of like machine girl and it's this like brooding girl mm-hmm. with a giant, uh, well, a machine gun for an arm. And it's like yeah. an, a post-apocalyptic, background but the, the movie is not like that and maybe machine girl is like one of the more serious ones but it's, it still has like moments where the practical effects are so fucking goofy with a guy's head getting split in two yeah. and uh, it, it looks like it was all made from rubber and it just makes me <laughs> laugh and i'm like this yeah. this is what i like <laughs> i'm I, sorry <laughs> i saw that one in college mm. and i think that might have been the first i've ever seen of of their work yeah most and people, i remember yeah. just thinking like holy shit this is crazy yeah, yeah <laughs> it is it's absolutely unhinged and yeah uh, i've also watched some other stuff by people who are trying to do that uh noboru iguchi kind of thing but don't doesn't really like i watched this one called it's a movie called big dead zombie which is <laughs> yeah and, and the weird thing is yeah the weird thing is the japanese title is big dead's dragon but, huh. but there's not a dragon in that movie. So I don't know where that <laughs> English title, Big Dead Zombie, came from. But it fits the movie more because it's a zombie movie. But anyway, that movie... Usually it's the other way around, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Usually I, when a when a title gets translated, they'll just turn it into like, I don't know, zombie. It'll make people rent it. And then there yeah, isn't yeah, any yeah. in it. <laughs> no, they actually made it like more accurate to what it is. 
But yeah, that movie started doing like the Noboru Iguchi thing. They they have like adult video actresses in it, and it has uh, cheap gore and a mix of practical and uh, mm. CGI. But that, I don't know. That movie just misses the spark I get when I'm watching an Iguchi movie. Yeah, uh, I think that's. I think their style is one of those things that um, you know we talked about trauma. Yeah, and yeah you mentioned yeah. it just now. It, you know. E- easy to think that you can imitate it but harder to pull off like no, it's true, you, for sure you watch that and you think like it's so out there and intense and energetic and and wild and all the effects and i'm gonna go do something like that mm-hmm. and and then you know it, it, the the realization comes that like it in order to do this well it, it it's really hard <laughs> it is it is absolutely hard and even with him you can tell like his earlier stuff mm. is rougher in terms of the rhythm of the movies like i was watching machine girl after i'd seen some newer stuff like robo geisha mutant girl squad i was like this is a little slouchy here and there whenever yeah. there's not like super crazy stuff happening like there's this like unimaginative narrative going on and i didn't really care about that but yeah even he i feel like he got better at just keeping the movie going making it more yeah. dynamic like he wasn't just like phoning it in despite what me what people might think like i'm sure he has a lot of haters and i sort of get it like like i said before i might be losing my mind here with him but <laughs> i don't know I've, I've watched so much trash it's just refreshing refreshing to watch uh some trash that uh fully delivers on its promise <laughs> which you know I've, I've watched so many movies that don't <laughs> just watching it and it's kind of a flat line and you're like oh night of the dribbler there's a basketball head <laughs> wearing demon killing people i gotta see it but then there's nothing in that movie at all <laughs> so th- that's my scale you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the cream of the crud scale is yeah. better or worse than night of the dribbler <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh if, if you had to tell somebody to watch one movie mm, uh, am, of yeah. theirs i probably go with i i feel like the movie that uh i watched entirely on a whim but that really took me by surprise and launched me on this path of <laughs> appreciating what he does is is that sushi still okay another one uh if that sushi doesn't really speak to you i'd say watch mutant girl squad that one was okay yeah a lot but in a good way <laughs> so yeah i'd say those you got All anything right. else yeah so i wanted to circle back on something that we brought up previously hmm. so we had mentioned in our physical media corner of the show that uh agfa and bleeding sculpt were gonna put out treasure of the ninja by william lee oh yeah you watched that didn't you yeah for 1987 so i i you know i pre-ordered the hell out of that <laughs> and and got it and watched it very soon after it arrived and this is a movie treasure of the ninja 1987 written produced shot directed and stars william lee um as a character named magenta phase (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) yeah in this it's it's like a no budget ninja movie with treasure hunting and martial arts um it has a lot of ambition uh a ton of plot so this movie is just like (laughs) everyone in this movie is just talking about a very important plot points constantly (laughs) is it it easy to tell what the plot points are or no i I don't remember (laughs) perfect i remember that they had to go get a treasure of some kind and that there was 
Um, there was like rival groups of like archaeologists hmm. um, and then ninjas as well. You need conflict. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you need rivals. Um, it has a a a wild sound sound design. In what way? Like the music. So or? there is one of the most bangingest eighties uh, theme song ever. Just this like awesome eighties theme song for Treasure of the Ninja, like mm. like about magenta phase and everything. So it's a um, theme song then. Then like the rest of the movies kind of scored by this thing that sounds like there's an electronic helicopter somewhere off off frame going like And just constantly doing that. Oh my god. Um and the sound effects are all done like somebody has a little microphone, they're going like Oh, so like Michael Winslow was doing them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there's just lots of really charming uh, hmm. martial arts fights, but but the fights are all very just like locked down and there's some people fighting. Yeah, um, yeah. like no uh, no one knows where to put the camera on. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But but it is like uh, so. So it's I found it to be very long and at times. <laughs> too slow okay. it is a hundred and and ten no sorry yeah 110 minutes it's like an hour 40 <laughs> and but but never did i start to dislike it okay. even if i was bored i was never like i don't like this because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is one of those just joyous homegrown someone decided to make a movie and they went out and they did it and it's rough and there's like just too much movie, but it's it's almost like <laughs> admirable that there's too much movie. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's just really, really cool. There's some hilarious dialogue uh, there. There's like a lot of women characters in it and stuff. It feels very like diverse for, mm, a, okay. for like a no budget movie. And yeah, it's just uh, really delightful. Really, cool. really delightful. Sort of reminds me of Iron thunder the way you're talking about it uh yeah maybe i would that was what budget, that was more yeah. that was more successful i think yeah yeah yeah. as a movie movie <laughs> sort of yeah half a movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah treasure of the ninja you got to get this uh agfa blu-ray and bleeding skull they put it together and mm. there i started to listen to the commentary with william lee and it was just so cool to hear uh, the crew at Bleeding Skull talking to the person who made the movie, just being like, "This, yeah, this is what I wanted to do," and hmm. I can't. I'm gonna go finish it. I put it on right after I watched it, and I was like, "This is too much for me right now to watch this movie <laughs> twice in a row." But yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna I get know. back to it. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially like when you watch a movie and you're like really excited about it, you want to like uh, just <laughs> have more, but re-watching the entire movie afterwards with the commentary i haven't I've, i don't think i've ever done that like back to back that that's yeah. that's a lot like uh I, I i actually like if you're done talking about yeah then i did watch a movie because i got a blu-ray and right after it i wanted to watch it again with the audio audio commentary i actually did <laughs> but i ended up not doing it because i wanted to do it while i was working and okay so the movie i'm talking about is uh it's called violence voyager uh okay i believe from 2018 uh it came out from third window films which is a uk publisher of mostly japanese movies um so they put out this set uh which is two feature films violence voyager and then the burning buddha man 
I believe 2015, a couple of uh, years earlier. 2013, it looks like. Oh, okay, even earlier, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of short films as well from the same guy. So the director, and, and not just the director, this guy is like, a, he's based, he's almost doing these as a one-man project. Uh, oh my guy, God, I know about this. Oh, I heard you? about this on... Uh, on Viva Physical Media. Oh yeah, Kevin uh, talked about uh, Violence yeah. Voyager as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that looks so cool. <laughs> it, these movies are amazing. They blow my mind. The fact that this guy, uh, his, his pen name is Ujicha, uh, mm -hmm. which is a pen name he got from like where he is from in Japan in Kyoto for a different, a, a, a specific type of tea, green tea. Cha is tea. So mm. Uji Cha is Uji T. But yeah, I watched Violent Voyager. I had seen Burning Buddha, Buddha Man already, which which was my first exposure to this type of... So it's an animated film, but it's a specific mm. type of animation called Gekimation. And the Geki comes from the word theater in Japan. So it's sort of like uh, what you used to have in Japan before you had manga, you had Kamishibai, which is paper theater. And that's sort of what these are, because... It, it, basically they're not animation they're just like these paper cutouts that the guy is just like moving and making scenes yeah. with and sometimes he uses like some liquid here or there like like if water spritzes on a character or if it's just like someone bleeding or whatever he uses all kinds of trickery but it's mostly a one-man show like there's a guy who did the music on violence voyager and he has a producer who managed to get him actually some big names to do voices uh for violence voyager yeah like you've got um oh, what's her name again uh Aoi yuki who was in uh your name which big anime movie hit um yeah. and tomoro taguchi as well who's been like in a bunch of shinya uh, sakamoto movies uh did a voice on violence voyager as well uh but yeah, other than that, he's just like making these like paper cutouts and so many of them like hand drawing and creating this kind of animation that you've never seen before. It, it has been done before. Like he talks in the extras about his inspiration hmm. and his inspiration, surprise, surprise, as a guy who's making like horror content was Kazuo Umezu. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, like there was an animation based on one of his manga, Cat-Eyed Boy, which mm. was also Gekimation. It, it's kind of an obscure uh, video release. He has this like big laser disc that he shows off in the extras. Um, but that was like the first time he saw this Gekimation style. And he was at the time, I believe, uh, studying like design at school. And he saw that and he he basically wanted to make live action movies, but it just wasn't getting done. And then yeah. I think he saw this animation, uh, the Cat-Eye Boy one, uh, which was Gekimation, and that inspired him to do that kind of thing. And the end result is amazing. It's it's not just like the, the artistry behind it, but the stories he creates as well are so original and macabre and like unlike anything I've ever seen before, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if if you're listening to this and you and you just want to get an idea of what it looks like, mm. go on YouTube and and search for Violence Voyager 2019. There there is a trailer. Honestly, like just from watching the video on uh, Viva Physical Media and yeah, the trailer, yeah. like I definitely am gonna watch this because the the stuff that is done with like these 
cutouts and kind of depth of field and like the, the way that they've sort of like used perspective like it, it it doesn't like when you talk about it you might somebody think listening to this might just think like oh i wonder what that looks like but you, like you have no idea what the detail and like it looks carefully like blocked and so oh, yeah. cinematic it's so well done it's it's incredible like, like he's just like yeah. telling these this story with just like moving these figures around these cardboard and and the way yeah. it's all edited and framed as well it's it's incredible yeah, like it's interesting like to see in the trailer there's like insert shots of things with black backgrounds but then there's like other times there's shots with incredibly detailed backgrounds mm -hmm. so it's like very like i don't know and, and then just like the depth of field like there's obviously these paintings in the background but they're so far away they're out of focus yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. it feels so cinematic it doesn't feel like you know an an interesting you know experiment it feels like this is a fully formed oh yeah like you know way to make a movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just the so fact cool. that he's pulling it off on his own like uh one of the questions he's asked in that interview on the extras as well uh, is like if you had a bigger budget what would you do with it and he says i would just like to have someone who's better than me at backgrounds and someone <laughs> who's better than me at sound effects because those take so much time and I, he, he doesn't have a lot of confidence in his own like sound effects but that is it basically yeah. he would he did also say he would like to attempt like a live action movie at one point still but he also feels like making it this way is still the easiest way to get it done and have like yeah, yeah that's interesting the most amount of control um <laughs> yeah it's just it's wild like to see like even in the trailer there's a shot of mm -hmm of somebody closing a door and like a dog is trying to get in and they slam the door on the dog yeah. and then the, they're they're fighting and then the dog kind of like slips out the door and they close the door and it's mm -hmm. like this entire 3d plane of interactivity you know through these pieces of paper and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. or whatever cardboard or, and it's just so like yeah i've been meaning to watch this and i have seen the trailer and watched viva physica media i was like i got it yeah, I keep meaning to. This is I'm gonna. You're gonna kick me in the butt, and then I'm gonna get to it. I think. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I hope uh, this this kicks a lot of people in the butt to check this out because it's so worth checking out. And it's from. I feel people are at this point still sleeping on it, and mm. uh, definitely a lot of people who will appreciate this will find like a new cult favorite uh, in this. So so get on it now. Like uh, be ahead <laughs> of the curve. Uh, trying to import that third window. Uh, release um it's it's not they always put a lot of care in their releases it's like uh you know uh boutique level arrow video um vinegar syndrome you name it uh stuff with extras and so so this is like the audio com commentary i wanted to watch after i'd seen the movie but then i wanted to watch it well listen to it while i was working but yeah. the audio commentary obviously it's in japanese and i mean i know japanese but to understand everything while I'm working, I yeah. was like, that's not going to go super that's well. too much, yeah. So <laughs> I, I ju I'm just going to put it on uh, in the following days because I want to know yeah. everything that's said and everything. Uh, I want all the info about these because I'm so excited about them. So uh, Violence Voyager. Yeah. Check it out. Get that release. I, I don't, I want to end on that because I think that's, you know, something that we're super hyping and, mm -hmm. and you should definitely check out. I'm going to throw one more thing in. I'm not going to talk about it, okay. but I'm just going to say to anyone out there, if you like DTV action movies, if you like <laughs> cheesy, silly action movies that, you know, know what they are doing mm -hmm. and are super fun, 
please go watch Hollow Point 1996, mm. uh, directed by Sidney J. Fury, stars Donald Sutherland, John Lithgow, Tia Carrere, and Thomas Ian Griffith. Mm. Griffith. Yeah. Just believe me, if you like <laughs> silly, fun action movies, I had a lot of fun with it. So just go check that out after you watch Violence mm. Voyager. You know what we'll do? I will watch Hollow Point by the next episode, and <laughs> okay. then, then we will both properly talk about it. Okay, we'll see if you liked it as much as me. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it anyway, because I know you want to talk about it more. <laughs> so uh, we'll All do right. that. That's a promise. Cool. So this is the end of the episode. As always, go to backdashroad.com and check us out there. Uh, you can find myself on the letterboxd at YCKMD underscore or just type in Dan Gorman into the search box. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at YCKMD underscore. And Carlo, you've changed. Did you change your name again since the last time? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do it too often. I can't but no, remember. It's just like uh, letterbox.com slash psychopike. And on yes. all the other stuff, I am at Carlo Go Carlo. I feel like I had a sign off that I forgot for this show. I feel like I had said something the last two episodes and Let, now I let's forget. Let's just pretend we're trying to remember and then just dead air and then the And then dead ends. air. Okay, so uh, goodbye, uh, internet. Uh,